it's exactly 7pm, 13th of August, the Tuesday before the MMA community, or as I like to call it, the MMA universe, are being treated to not just some ordinary fight card, not just three mega fights with a lot at stake. We are being treated to three things though. A soldier of God looking to stake yet another claim by taking out a young contender, a prospect. A double champion that fights out of San Jose who's got his eyes potentially set on fighting the greatest. And a Stockton-born MMA son who after three long years out of competition has finally made his way home. I'm joined as always by my knowledgeable brother Christopher. This is Break Him Downs and we are going to break these fights down one by one to an absolute T and try to make sense of what many call MMA math. So whatever you're doing right now, stop, sit down, relax, grab yourself a beer, and enjoy the show. UFC 241, Anaheim, California, August 2019, the summer slowly but surely coming to an end. The nights become darker. The days become cooler. But the MMA faithful will be glued to their TV sets on Saturday night as history goes down. To many, it's a monumental occasion. To some, it's just another fight card with big personalities, no big deal. And to few, it doesn't even exist. Yay! So, are you, are you excited as, as much as I am for this fight card? I'm so excited for this fight card. This is the fight card that uh, excites me most um, of any uh, UFC event of 2019. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been thinking about this card for a, for a good while. You know, it, you know, it's the end of summer. It's brilliant. Um Milsic DC, um, heavyweight title on the line, main event. It doesn't get any much better than that. No, it doesn't. It's a super fight, and um, you know, I know it's just, I know it's the rerun. Um, and even though the first fight, you know, Daniel Cormier won it in an emphatic and very convincing fashion, I think it's a fight that um, is still very much up for grabs. Yeah, as yeah. far as Stephen Milsic is concerned. No, a hundred percent. I agree totally. I think. Um, what what usually tends to happen, um, if you've, if you've watched embedded, um, Javier Javier Mendez had said that rematches are usually a lot tighter than the actual first match. So, um, I'm ex- I'm excited to see what Miosic is bringing to the table. I think he looks ready. He's he's he looks strong in training camp. Um, if you look at the videos, um, and I, I think it's it's going to be an all out war on on um Saturday night. Do you expect a five rounder? Do you know what I I was actually um. We I had a we had a conversation on Twitter with with a user, um, 
about our prediction, our early predictions. Yeah. Um, and and um, I I asked him the question, but he didn't really seem to answer my question. Um, I, what's the last heavyweight title fight to go the distance? Title fight. Yeah. Um. That, that, that's a that's a real good question, isn't it? That is a good question. So hold on, let me let me try and work this out. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking Stipe and Gani. Okay, that's very good, actually. Yes, that's very good. Um, because um, then, yeah, D- yeah. DC's um, taking out everybody. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah, no, that's, then, that's it. Yeah. Is that it? Is that the correct answer? No, but uh, I think I think you're right because I couldn't. I, I was actually thinking back to uh, Velasquez and Verdum. Like, but see, <laughs> no, 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 no. Even though, even though, even though it didn't go the distance, I was actually thinking beyond that again. I was like, what's be- what's before that? There was, you know, but I, I completely forgot about Stepe and. Uh, in Ghana, yeah, no, that's a very good answer, actually. And considering that, like, the power of both those guys, it was it was a bit of a shock to see that fight go the distance. Yeah, one hundred percent. Because, um, but you know, it showed that Miosic, um I was I was listening to Dan Hardy, um, Beyond the Octagon, and yeah. uh, he was breaking. I, I love that show. Yeah, he was breaking down. He's brilliant at what he does. Um, he's so passionate about it too, which is mm, and it's just his. His knowledge of the game and and how he kind of makes it accessible for fans as well, you know, talking about how how fighters enter into the pocket and things like that. He, he's fantastic, so he is. Um, yeah. So yeah. just just uh, before we kind of jump into breaking down the fight, you know the uh, the tension building. Big time, big time. Steve uh, um, Daniel Cormier, I I can't remember the exact quote, but he it was something along the lines of. Um, it would take a tough man to recover um, from what I'm going to do to um, Stephen Miocic. Um, That's pretty scary. Yeah, you know, um, I watched the first fight um, earlier on uh, just to see different sort of um, tendencies these uh, fighters are, you know, able to to put on each other. Um, yeah. I, I looked at Cormier, um, and then you look at Miosic. Miosic was winning, was winning the early exchanges. Um, yeah. And, um, it look, look. To be honest with you, it was one round for KO, but um, it's got the building for such a great fight. I actually watched that fight again myself, and yeah. one thing that was very clear to me, just um, I don't think I'd actually watched it properly since it happened uh, about a year ago but yeah. um, one thing that was very apparent to me was how big Stipe was oh 100%, 100%. like Stipe was able to hold Daniel Cormier for a significant period of time against the cage and uh, DC happened to be on his tippy toes and you know it, it takes as Joe Rogan said um, in the commentary it takes a lot of strength to um, you know contain Daniel Cormier in that fashion but but would you would you um agree to what I'm about to say uh, that Miosic clinching DC is playing right into Daniel Cormier's hands? Absolutely, that's where Cormier was. Even in the um, even in the kind of uh, the, the kind of before the end of that fight, that's where Cormier was having success. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, um, I mean, yeah. actually, looking at that fight again, did you notice that Cormier landed a few uppercuts right at the start? I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't. As soon as soon as it kind of, um, as soon as they kind of engage with each other, similar to the uppercuts that DC landed on Alexander Gustafsson, he hits Stipe with maybe two, 
uh, right off the bat, like right off the bat. Yeah, and and he's so good in the clinch. What's what's very um, interesting about Daniel Cormier um, in in all his fights, um, the fight seems to be uh, he he lets he lets the opponent um, look like they're having success, whether it be in the clinch, whether it be at range, whether yeah. it be uh, and and then all of a sudden he'll get you, and it's it's almost if like he sets up these traps for you to to fall into. I because, I, I completely agree with you there because. It almost seems, apart from the Derek Lewis fight, I would say, um, yeah, I would say that practically every DC fight I watch, he seems to be, uh, he seems to be, you know, uh, disadvantaged by his size and and struggling Thanks. to cope a little bit, but then the fight just seems to miraculously turn, and you can see it on the opponent's face as well. You know, you look at the. Uh, the Jones fight, just the second Jones fight, Jones was 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 doing well, and and then DC started to pepper him with big shots. You look at the Stipe fight; the Stipe had a lot of success at the start of that round, um, not just in the clinch, uh, holding him against the cage, but actually, you know, he was out striking um, Cormier, landing some lovely uh, combinations. Then DC starts to, you know, turn the tables slowly, inevitably, and. Again, with um, your your boy Ostemir, uh, would you agree with me that Ostemir at at the start of that fight looked very dangerous? Yeah, he and did. And, and he starts to again just turn turn the tide. It it almost seems like he's downloading in real time what he has to do to defeat these guys, and then yeah. does it in such an efficient way. It's uh, unbelievable to see. Yeah, I know. As I said in the past, he makes the ordinary, or he makes the the the, uh, the very talented, you know, look look very ordinary. And he's uh, his body seems to defy logic. And um, I completely agree with the, the Vulcan Oystermeyer, um that he looked very dangerous. Cormier, that's what all the big fighters do. You know, John Jones, they download your your, your what you're going to do. Your different sort of rhythms, your different combinations. They'll they'll look at that. And then they'll they'll plan and they'll execute their game plan. Um, you know, Dan Hardy um broke down this fight. He's so good. Uh, he had points for Miocic, he had points for for Cormier. But one of the one of the big points that he, that he brought up was that um that Miocic, as as you said, he underestimated Cormier the first time. Yeah. Uh, and 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 now possibly, I would. You know what? Dan Hardy's a fantastic. Fantastic analyst for UFC. He's quite a likable um, character. Yeah, I agree. Character. Just um, just talk a little bit um away from the the um the mouthpiece there. Um, but yeah, no, you're absolutely correct. Dan Dan Hardy's a very likable character, and he does bring up a lot of interesting stuff. And and one of those points, uh, which what you've mentioned, is the fact that Steve Miocic possibly, and I think probably, uh, underestimated Daniel Cormier. Um, yeah. and it was you know if that was the case it was very much to his detriment because Daniel Cormier's heavyweight record is is uh, there's no blemishes on it 12-0 12-0 look at the guys he's beat at, at heavyweight you know he's yeah. beat he's beaten um, Antonio Bigfoot Silva he beat Frank Mir he uh, beat Roy Nelson you know he's um, he's really well tested at heavyweight as you said, an unblemished twelve and zero record. Um, to underestimate that guy is um, barking up the wrong tree, isn't it? 
Yeah, and as you said, you look, you look at his results uh, in that weight division. Um, it, yeah, it's hard to to actually see, you know, if he had actually lost a round or not. Um, do you know what's um, Do you know what's interesting about the DC Stipe first fight? The fact that Stipe, um, you know, he was a he was a cleaner boxer. Um, Kind of from the outside, and 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 you know, you know, and I know, and and all, a lot of UFC fans will know that his best work is that kind of dirty boxing when he gets in close to you. Um, but it was interesting when DC was landing on Stipe, he was marking him up, and it seemed like he was hurting him practically every time. I mean, I know, I know, a punch to the head, yeah, you're going to get hurt. But, you know, rocking SDP in a way that maybe we hadn't really seen before, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, I, I felt like um, if you looked at the first fight, you know, uh, Daniel Cormier was sort of parrying with both hands very, you know, a lot. Um, to me, to, you know, to the naked eye, that looks like um, DC was, was, was inviting, uh, uh, DC was inviting Miosic to clinch with him. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's what he wanted, and I, I, that's what I think he'll want on on Saturday night as well. Um, it's you know, it's a nightmare to be in the clinch with Daniel Cormier. Um, me, he, he made me also think that he maybe was being successful in the clinch, but I totally agree that um, yeah, he was he was hurting he was hurting Stipe in ways which we hadn't seen Stipe hurt. He's you know he's got the most defenses in heavyweight um, history, yeah, uh, UFC and. Um, He's beaten Alistair Overeem, Junior Dos Santos, uh, um, Purdue, mm-hmm. uh, and you know he's beaten he's beaten everybody. You know, so um, he, he came into that fight as a, as the light heavyweight world champion, two hundred five champion. He um, and he seems to carry a lot of weight, uh, carry a lot of punching power up at heavyweight. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see. Uh, I don't know if you've seen this um, Planet MMA. Um, put this out yesterday and that was uh, John Jones um, you know a lot, a lot of UFC fans uh, including myself were and, and including you were, were looking at uh, potential you know what's next for Stipe and Daniel Cormier um, kind of beyond this fight at UFC 241 which is on Saturday August uh, 17th um, we were looking at kind of John Jones you know there's a super fight there uh, either with Stipe Miocic, um, should he be the winner, or uh, with Daniel Cormier, the trilogy fight, which, uh, was it Luke Thomas, I think, said it would be the biggest MMA fight ever. Maybe not box office-wise, but what was on the line, uh, especially if it was done in heavy, um, heavyweight, given John Jones a chance to become a, uh, the champion. Uh, but actually, John Jones has come out, um, and I've, I'm seeing this from Planet MMA, uh, saying that he guarantees no trilogy. Which is disappointing, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's disappointing. Um, suppose whenever you get personalities like this, um, it's hard to get them off the table and then maybe negotiate a trilogy fight whenever it's two and zero. Oh. Yeah. Um, Daniel Cormier was talking to uh, Earl Hawani. Um, talking to Earl Hawani, um, and and he, he said that the ball's in his court whether or not there's a trilogy or not. Um, because because he's the heavyweight champion and he holds all the cards. Um, I guess, I guess he's right to some degree there, isn't he? Because you know, if uh, if John Jones is coming up to heavyweight, you know, uh, DC's established himself at heavyweight. He is the heavyweight kingpin, and he's got a, a brilliant record there. So he's established at heavyweight. 
John Jones has 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 never fought at heavyweight, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, you know, with DC being the champion, you you could argue he's not wrong there. But then, you, you, on the flip side, he's got two, uh, you would say, very convincing uh, defeats um, at the hands of John Jones as well. Yeah, and, and as I said um, earlier on, this fight card on uh, Saturday night, um, it, it's so what um, to 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 the diehards in some in some degree. It's, it's almost like this is going to pan out the next six or seven months in the UFC. The, the fights on, on Saturday night. Are you cons- are you talking about the card? Or are you talking about that, that main event? I'm talking about the the three the three big fights. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah, I mean, all three those three main fights. Um, just quickly, Daniel Cormier and Stephen Mewes is obviously a main event. We got Anthony Pettis and Nate Diaz, which we'll talk about. Um, which is your co-main, and then um, if that wasn't enough for you, you've got Yoel Romero and then Paulo Costa as well, which is another barn burner of a fight. Um, did you uh, yeah. did you did you did you see the shape of Yoel Romero? I haven't actually. Have you been watching? Have you been keeping up with the embeddeds? Um, he wasn't. He wasn't actually on embedded, but uh, somebody on Twitter, I don't know who it was, but put a picture up of of, of him in training camp and. Uh, for a 41, 42 year old, he looks. He looks damn good. <laughs> I think he's forty. Yeah. I think he's forty two now. You know, absolutely sensational. But have um, you ever watched one of UL's? Um, just kind of sidetracking here. Have you ever watched one of UL's? Uh, what do you call it? You know, uh, when they kind of do a bit of training in front of the crowd. Open workout. Oh, I said open workout. Have you ever seen one of his open workouts? Yeah, it's a yeah. thing to behold, isn't it? Um, I was. I think it was. Uh, is it uh, your boy Morgan, uh, the analyst for MMA Junkie? Um, he 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 had he had come out and actually said I think it was uh before his last fight with with uh, Robert Whitaker yeah. uh, he said that Yoel Romero's forty year old workout will will make you feel unfit and um I don't know about you but looking at his workout you know it would make you sweat really wouldn't it? I think it, I think it would make some of the UFC fighters um feel like they were unfit there's actually a video of him working out with Jorge yeah and yeah, uh, yeah. I think they're doing um standing jumps. And the height Romero is getting is just lit. It's unbelievable. It is ridiculous. And then Jorge, I think, gives it a go when it's like, no, I'm not having that. But yeah, no, he, he for 42, 42 years of age, he is uh, just absolutely defying logic, science. Um, unbelievable fighter. One of my very favorites in the, in the UFC. Yeah. Can't wait to see him perform on Saturday night. Oh, no, uh, same with me. Is, is that Michael Kenna? Yeah. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, I think you were uh, speaking too close to it before. Yeah, that's good. I, I think we should uh, do a wee bit of like, um, you know, you, you take one side, I take the other, sort of like Ariel and Teal. Um, yeah, let's do it. So um, I'm definitely, we're going to we're gonna go with Steve and DC for now, yeah? Yeah, and I, I, you know, I was on Twitter today, you know, um, you had your early prediction, I, I read it. Um, and I hope you read mine actually as well. Um, I did, yeah. So, um what basically I've gone completely for Steve Miocic in this one, and I'll, and I'll, and then I'll tell you why. And Michael, you've gone for DC. Yeah, and um, I didn't really give a, a, a like a round per se, but um, because you know me, my mind will probably fluctuate. <laughs> yeah. Um, as to what I think will actually happen, but I can see myself uh, siding with Cormier in the last couple of days. So, um, 
If you if you want to get the ball rolling, let's get the ball rolling, man. Okay, so Stipe Miocic, um, right? He had a lot of success in the first fight. Yeah, uh, I've okay. already mentioned that he was able to kind of outpower uh, Daniel Cormier for a significant period of time. He he was a much bigger man. I actually think Stipe Miocic underestimated Daniel Cormier, and I actually think he underestimated him during the fight. Where he saw, you know, where, where basically he saw all the success he was having on the feet, and how he was able to overpower him, and um, you know, you know, his size was too big. I think potentially he he underestimated uh, underestimated him then, um, yeah, and therefore yeah. he actually engaged with that last clinch, the 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 uh, the clinch that would lead to the devastating knockout. So. Yeah. Um, in that regard, you know, it, it could be argued that uh, Stipe, you know, uh, going into this fight is going to view Daniel Cormier in a whole different light. Um, I mentioned on my tw- on my tweet that he's coming in now with, um, I think, a chip on his shoulder. Not only with yeah. Daniel Cormier, but with the way that he was treated by the UFC. I mean, I know the relationship between Stephen Miocic and the UFC hasn't been great. There's been um, th- there was uh, kind of disputes over uh, financial reward as far as uh, Stephen Miocic is concerned. You know, being the winningest world heavyweight champion, I don't think he was. I don't think he, he thought he was getting enough. Um, so there, there's a chip on the shoulder there, and then obviously when the Brock thing happened, Stipe was kind of almost swept aside. I would say unfairly, and you know, I love Dana and. You know the matchmakers at UFC. You know they, they do very little wrong as far as I'm as far as I'm concerned. They they always give they always give you the fights that you want to see. Like, you know, look at the card on Saturday night. But they they kind of swept Steep aside to, to make room for this this massive super fight between Brock Lesnar and Daniel Cormier, which you know would have been a box office hit. And you know you can understand why they were doing it. But ultimately, Stipe got pissed off in that time. You know, yeah, yeah. Cormier, no, I... Cormier referred to him as a spoiled brat for waiting. Do you know what? I don't blame him for waiting at all. I, I don't blame him. Um, I think he is right to wait. He's done enough to merit, uh, um, a rematch. And you know, I, I, I'm going to be consistent in my argument here. I think Jose Aldo uh, should have waited for Conor McGregor, um, because look, look where that got him. You know, um, but ultimately, um. I think Stipe is going to come in. He's got a chip on his shoulder. I think his hands are, are, are too good for DCs. I think he has to keep range. Um, you know, do the work from the outside. I don't believe that DC is going to take Stipe down. I don't okay. see it. Okay. I think um, DC's far... Um, I think Stipe is far too big. Uh, and then going back to the start of that first round, you know, um, Stipe just... He oversized him. He over, oversized him so much. Seemed to overpower him so much in those kind of opening uh, encounters. So um, I see Stipe coming in, uh, keeping distance, and just showing the better hands. And I actually do predict he's going to hurt DC pretty early because DC can be hurt. You know, he's he, been he hurt against Rumble. He's he got hurt against Gustafsson Silva. I hurt him. You know, obviously, uh, he got tra- uh, you know devastatingly hurt against uh, John Jones. I think we're going to see an early finish, and I know that's bold. And I never give bold, I never give, uh, give bold predictions. I think you can vouch for that. 
Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I actually am predicting an early finish for Stipe. Yeah, no, um, totally. Like, you know, every every argument, every point you had there was 100%. Just to, to add with it, that further dispute with the UFC, they tried to build Ngannou as the next poster boy, and that didn't sit well with Musage either. But I'm, I'm going to... Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a more sort of statistics um in, in the first round um when you when you look at Miosic and Cormier's first round in the in their first encounter um Miosic seemed to be uh, landing quite a bit in the early in the early part um at the start of the fight it actually looked like Miosic was going to just be too big for Cormier um I think you'd agree with that yeah. but um. because you know Miosic was a was a, you know a bigger bigger fella and and. He was able to sort of manhandle uh, Cormier by backing into the cage, um, backing into the cage to the point where DC was unsure what was going to happen next. He was sort of dodging, he was parrying, he was dodging. Yeah. Uh, Miosic didn't really throw, um, didn't throw, um, which is which was quite shocking when you look at, when you look at it back. I'm just going to shout a wee statistic out to you here. Um, in the first round, um, which which went, I think it was four four minutes uh, thirty seconds or something, um. Significant strikes for all of Miosic's success in the first round. Yeah, uh, Miosic landed eighteen out of forty significant strikes. So he did miss quite a bit on on on, on his um, significant strikes. And what did DC get? Seventeen out of twenty nine. And that seventeen does that include the strikes after the knockdown? Um, I I presume so, um, but. Um, I if you look at that statistic for all of Musich's um success, Cormier was being the more clinical, more um, more sort of um purposeful fighter. Yeah. And and, and while Corm while Musich was maybe throwing these combinations, um, but maybe struggling to let his hands go at the same time, Cormier was being purposeful. He knew what he he, he stuck to his game plan. He knew that he had faith in his team. He had faith that the game plan was going to work. He stuck to it, and therefore he was able to get that knockout. And I don't think Miosic did stick to his game plan. Um, I think you're completely one hundred percent right in what you say that Miosic's sort of mindset changed mid fight, where yeah. he where he where he actually felt like maybe. Cormier was a lot more, um, you know, he wasn't going to touch him really. Yeah. Um, but if you look at that uh, statistic I, I threw out and you look at what happened in the first round, um, Cormier was always going to win that fight when you, when you look at when you look at the way the first round was going to go. And um, so, do you, do you think had the fight have gone to, let's say we got into the first round, do do you think DC took the first round? Like let's say the knockdown didn't happen. I know that's very hypothetical. But do you think DC was doing enough to win the round potentially? Um, as as it went on. Well, well, since sort of Nevada and and uh, sort of changed those rules on, on what wins rounds or not, uh, effective striking walking forward. Because let's be honest, Miosic was landing effective strikes, and he was the one pushing the pace. Yeah. Um, but Cormier, um, statistically, if you're looking on paper, um, there's very little to to uh, there's very little to um. You know, if you look, if you look at the the strikes, there's very little to separate who won that first round. Um, but 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 looking looking at the first round from the naked eye, you would give it to Miosic. But when you look statistically, there's not that much between them. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I hadn't really considered that, but I'd, I'd be interested. I'd be interested to know. 
just how many times Daniel Cormier actually connected with Stephen Miocic once Stephen went down. It must be two or three times, I would say. Potentially, um, those punches are being counted in the significant strikes. Yeah, I say so. Yeah, but um, if you're talking with statistics, we look at uh, Stephen Miocic's let's say last uh, six fights: Andrei Arlovsky, round one, TKO. Uh, onto Verdum, obviously the, the the title winning fight, round one KO punch. Verdum was chasing him like a a rabid beast, and Stipe yeah. got the got the knockout. Overeem round one, Junior De Santos round one. The Ngani went five rounds. The Ngani went five. Now the Cormier fight obviously ended in round one. So these these are all round one fights. Do you see this fight ending in round one? That that, that that's what I was gonna was going to. Uh... Yeah, too. I was thinking to myself earlier, um, this is this could this has the potential to be, you know, drag drag a, a real dog drag them out fight. You know, um, it really does have that um, potential. But then, but then as I as what you done there, I looked at the previous um, big heavyweight fights and they never really go the distance. So I don't think that's one or the other now. Yeah, um, I think Miosic hits hard. Cormier hits hard. Um, expect knockdowns on both sides uh, because I'll tell you if Milsic knocks Cormier down Cormier is very good at surviving um, he, so. he's he's amazing at survival he really is you know when you look at the, the Gustafsson fight Gustafsson yeah. had him in a world of trouble um, likewise uh, Rumble Johnson had DC in a world of trouble DC then embraces the grind he, he, he grabs a hold of them he manages to survive, and then um, you know, amidst all of that chaos, he's he's almost coming out on top at the end of it. You know, yeah. Um, I just want to ask you a question in, in this sort of um, um, sort of reasons why we think that first one. Um, do you think that Steep is? I know Cormier's last fight was last November. Um, but do you think Miosic is thirteen months inactive? The last time he was in the octagon, he did get KO'd, stuff. Yeah. Do, do you think do you think that would be a problem for for Miocic against Daniel Cormier, who's been very successful, obviously, as late? Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, how how long yeah. has it been since uh, DC's been in there? Uh, November. So it's there's not that much. You know, we're talking about you know things not 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 necessarily separate in these cases too much. You know, um, Cormier hasn't fought um in a while, so. But uh, but I would I would say that the last time usage was in the octagon, he did get KO'd by the person he's fighting on Saturday night, and sometimes that can play into your head a little bit. Yeah, I think we, I, I think we saw that against um, Liz um, Shushenko versus Liz Kamush. I know there wasn't a knockout, but you know what we what we saw from that fight was a uh, a more hesitant Shushenko, I I believe. So one hundred percent, maybe you're yeah. right there. But anyway, going back um, to DC and Stipe, um that 13 month layoff you know these guys are elite fighters and Stipe Miocic I think he's he's, got, he's he's been in the gym he's been working um, hard he's been fixing the holes in his game yeah, I don't I don't really think they stop you know so no, I don't think uh, they, I don't think the 13 months is going to have that much of, a, of an impact on him you know that's, that's, a, that's a fair point um, but it's amazing to think that he only fought once in two thousand and seventeen. 
It is, and yeah, Cormier fought three times, I believe. You know, but um, yeah. So, what was that stat again? You threw at me, uh, Miosic, uh only fought once in twenty seventeen. Yeah, so it's that's hard to believe, isn't it? That Junior de Santos uh, was his only fight in two thousand seventeen. The year yeah. before that, two thousand sixteen, he had three fights, I believe. Well, that was the year which he he won the title and he and he uh, defended it against um, Overeem, wasn't it? Um, that's right. He beat Verdum, uh, defended against Overeem, and. There's another fight in there somewhere that I can't think of. But, um, yeah, talking about the, <clears throat> the inactivity, who knows? I mean, we see some fighters like Dominic Cruz coming back, you know. And looking amazing, yeah. Looking, yeah. looking at they've never been away. We see uh, Conor McGregor coming back against Khabib. You and I both agreed that it, it didn't really look the same fighter. And, and, now, and now Nate Diaz, we put to the test on... Uh... Sorry, and also, but um, yeah, and and also, Yoel Romero. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good point. Yeah. And 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 Costa, you know, so all these guys have had considerable lay- layoffs, so uh, they they're kind of all in the same boat. What what's um, um you know so it's it's difficult to say whether the layoffs going to have an impact because um yeah some some fighters it, it seems to and some fighters it doesn't seem to. I I actually have um, I actually have uh, the same uh sort of point as Dan Hardy did um, uh, when I was listening to his uh, breakdown. He questioned um, the mindset of Miosic um, for, for, the, for this rematch. Um, if, you know, and, and he basically said, as I, I completely, um, it's if we had the same sort of idea because I actually had the, the same idea and I was going to bring it up. Um, but What's that? Uh, you know, Miosic, for this rematch, he's basically said that DC's won the lottery. He got me a lucky punch. I was doing really well up until that punch. All I need to do is not get caught by that punch, and I'll win this fight. If if he goes in with that mindset, um, he's going to be knocked out again. You could be right, though. I I think his mindset. I've already talked about this. I think his mindset is one of uh, I'm I'm going to get this back. You know, the first time I shouldn't have let it happen. And now I'm going to go out and prove that I'm the greatest heavyweight fighter of all time. And if he does so, he will. He probably he will go down as the greatest heavyweight of all time. I think um, you're looking. I think you're looking at the two best heavyweights of all time in in the octagon on Saturday night. Yeah, and, and um, when you look at the record, yeah, of course, you know. Um, I mean, some people would argue Kane. Um, you know, people would, some some people would say for Doom. Others would obviously mention the great uh, Emilianenko, but you know. I'd say the UFC, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I, I think, as as far as UFC is concerned, we are looking at the two best heavyweight fighters of all time, and a real a real super fight. Oh, it's a, it's, a, it's a super fight of massive proportions. Um, you know, for both sides, if Cormier loses, does he does he does he fade away into retirement? Um, he did come out the one said he wanted to finish on top of the mountain. So, um, if he wins this, this could this could be it. Miosic, um, if he loses, what's next for him? Um, you know, um, it's. I think it's um, it's a good argument for DC if he, if he wins on Saturday night to actually call it a day. I mean, he could call it a day right now, couldn't he? Because he's, you know, 
he would be ending his career um, as uh, a champion, a, a double champ, 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 with um, a successful um, with a successful title retention against Dark Lewis. Um, but you know that maybe, I, I don't know what the money um, for the fighters is going going into this one. Because I know, Steve, you know, DC has been talking about retirement for a while now. If he if he does this on Saturday night, maybe that's it. Well, I think if you look at any fighter, to be honest, um, I think when you look at DC and Steve Bay, that money is not really a problem. They're both set for life. Um, Do you think so? Money. Yeah. DC came out, and you know, he's got his whole commentary role. He's got he's going to be he'll be working with the UFC well into his in his retirement as a fighter as an athlete. But after that, there's life after it for him in the UFC. So. Um, not so much steeper though. That's that's correct, but I'm sure you know he's made a lot of money um from 2016 to 2018. I'm sure so. These fighters do get paid quite substantial money, and um as past few years, so I think it's just about what you're entitled to as opposed to I need money. Do you know so um do you know um Stipe um I mean I've I've chosen Stipe to win this fight. I am a real fan of Stipe, by the way. Um, not that I'm, you know, uh, dislike Daniel Cormier. You know, I've, I've often talked about how, how much I respect him as a fighter. But um, I was watching, re-watching the Verdum win when he knocked out Verdum and he jumped the cage into his team and he was, he just heard shouting over and over again, I'm a world champion. And it, you know, it made me smile, you know. Yeah. You, know, you don't often, you don't often see the character of Steve Emeo to um, you know, when he's in the press conferences or uh, on his way to the cage, you don't really see the, um, his character that much. So yeah. that, was, that was a real nice moment, you know. And going to Brazil and beating the, the Brazilian champion was obviously the most impressive thing he, he has done. Um, Absolutely. You know, especially, especially a champion that, that was, you know, very, very good. Um, but, and you know, Going back to the point where we're going to we're really going to debate now whether or not um, Comey has it or Musich has it. Um, what adjustments um, will Musich have to make, in your opinion, to be able to overcome not only DC but but overcome the demons that 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 the rematch might have in his head? That you know, if I do this, I will be hit. Um, I, yeah, I think you're right. I think Stipe has been haunted by the loss. Um, I genuinely do. Um, by the way, he's talked about it. Um, he's he's waited for it. He, you know, the, the tension between both fighters is, is is building because, you know, uh, I I think there's a bit of animosity. I don't know if animosity is too strong, but there's um there's yeah, a there's, there's a bit of tension. There's a competitive edge, shall we say, with, with both guys. But um, Stephen Miocic, in my opinion, needs to. I've alluded to this earlier. Needs to stay out of the the clinch he's just um, strike at distance distance yes okay um if we, if the clinch does come which it is inevitable it's going to happen you know at various points in the fight he, he obviously needs to protect that left hand you know i mean i'm not a good enough analyst to to be able to uh, you know see you know to foresee Steve Miocic um, comes out of a clinch sometimes with his left hand down. Yeah, yeah. It was only until the DC fight where I was like, ah, okay. 
So uh, yeah. they, they saw that. <laughs> they saw that, and then they exploited it. And you know, I'm watching this. I'm watching it again. I'm going, Jesus Christ! It was right there, you know. And and DC was just so damn clever that he was able just to capitalize on that. Um, but certainly, he he definitely needs to um, avoid, you know, coming out of that clinch with his hand down. Yeah, exactly. And um, suppose suppose a a, a real uh, example from you to follow would be Jones uh, against Cormier. I know not everybody's got the same ability as John Jones, but that he was able to keep Cormier out of reach, push him off because Mutis is the bigger man. Push, push Cormier yeah, off. Yeah, um, because he was doing that. Um, he's pushed him into the cage. The only thing, um, that's, you know, that's that's. Um, been play, it's been it's been sort of in my my mind for his past couple of years that maybe the only person to beat DC is John Jones and um that maybe nobody else uh, can um have that um pedigree that Cormier brings and um, not the music they both bring serious there's gonna be a serious presence in that octagon on Saturday night um, I'll tell you I'll tell you who agrees with you on that who's that John Jones himself yeah. <laughs> Well, Jones, John Jones uh, said that recently that he doesn't. He he's got a DC for the rematch, obviously, and he has said that it's it's nearly impossible for these other guys to beat DC. Um, yeah, he's when, such, when, when, he's you, uh, when you rock him, like you said earlier, he, he seems to find his, uh, find a way still. You know, when you, when you talk about as I say, you know, MMA math, it's, it's impossible to. Um, break that down because um, TGS said that Music is going to dominate Cormier. I'm saying Cormier is going to beat Music. You're saying this. John Jones is saying that. Yeah. Um, you know, six o'clock. Um, you know, six o'clock du- Dublin time in the morning, Sunday morning. That's, that's when it's going to go down. Cormier Music, and um, I really, I really can't wait for this fight. But Steve um, Music round one banana split submission win. <laughs> <laughs> Um, by submission. Uh, yeah, no, it's um, oh, I'm so excited. It's gonna be fireworks. Um, you know, it's one of those fights that just I, I, I we just can't miss. Yeah, um, but but you know, sort of on that note, um, I expect Daniel Cormier to to come out the same sort of away. Um, I do believe though that Miosic thinks that Cormier is shot of winning his by winning the lottery again, which I completely disagree with. Um, can I can I ask you because uh, you obviously have DC? How do you think DC gets it done? Well, having sort of analysed the fight, uh, the first fight previous, um, by by giving serious um, thought to um, the previous. Contests at heavyweight that they haven't went the distance. My initial thought that my my initial thought a month ago was DC by unanimous decision, but but um we're fight week now, um and and I'm not gonna say DC by first round. I'm gonna give Musa a little bit more. Um, I think he's been out long enough, but I'm gonna say third to fourth round TKO. Um, I I think really DC, I think DC gets it done. Yeah. Wow, I just think I just think uh, sooner or later, um, I think Comey is Comey doesn't stop, and um, Miosic. Do you think Stipe has gasped before? Miosic tends to, yeah, I I can only see Comey um, 
retain his title on Saturday night. But uh... and uh, so you talk about Steve Bay's West to win, uh, keep him at range in a kind of John Jones manner, push him back, maybe back him up against the fence, strike from the outside. You know, don't don't enter the pocket so much. Um, avoid the clinch. Protect protect your head coming out of the clinch. Cormier's West to win. Um, so you, so you said t- potential TKO. So out striking again, Stephen Miocic. Um, no, I, I just I just believe that um, over a period of time, uh, the clinch is going to become very clear, and it's going to become very um, it's going to become very clear to us that the clinch is going to be there for Cormier a lot more this fight. I, is, it, um, is, is the takedown there for Cormier? That's what that's what I've got um, sort of in my head as well, and I've got sort of written down um, that. Expect Cormier to shoot more. I think he's a very, very good chain wrestler. Um, but when you get the championship rounds, um, you know yourself. Um, the whole dynamic of the fight can change. Yeah. And, um, if if both men are tired, expect Cormier to shoot on 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 Steve and look for that neck. You know. Um, he's brilliant you know, at that, isn't he? Uh, see, do 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 you see if this becomes a real slobber knocker, um, sl- a real slobber knocker, um, grind of a fight, and that's going to be a grind because Comey embraces the grind. Um, yeah. I mean, also to be walking forward trying to grind him down. Um, I've just, see, you know, seen that if it does go fourth, fifth round, and both men are tired, Comey is going to find enough in himself to defy logic once again and perhaps get. The, Get that, um, but here, look, me and you, I'm going with Cormier. You're going with Miocic. Um, yeah. and we have had opinions on Twitter where um, a fighter had disagreed with your first round, but disagreed with me saying Cormier. So it, it's going to be split decision. It's going to be it's going to be a split. Um, no matter what way you look at it, it's two yeah. just the two greatest, as you said, UFC heavyweights of all time going at it head to head. First um the first match was a first round TQ. We can't read too much into that. No, exactly. That that's it that's the thing too, isn't it? You yeah. know, um I, I think Stepe was um a considerable favourite for the first fight, wasn't he? Yeah but potentially caught cold a little bit, but um yeah. you know, obviously I'm gonna stick solely on DC because this is this is the whole point of the episode, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we've kind of we've kind of talked a lot about the main event. Um, certainly, we should um, maybe not in this podcast, but certainly talk about the other fights. Um, so so we're going to do a few podcasts this week, and yeah. we're thinking about maybe tuning in live for the final three on Saturday night. I'm up for that. Yeah, definitely up for that. We could do a kind of a running commentary. Um, you know, uh, almost in the same manner as the guys. Um. And Rogan's podcast, day. what do you call it again? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, Fight Companion, Fight Companion. Um, it's true, yeah. Have you ever, ever heard of a, of a, of a guy? Um, he's pretty official, actually. Had John Calvin on his, on his podcast, True Jordy. Yes, um, yes. He, he, um, I remember them watching the uh, Khabib and Connor fight. Um, he had a load of, of, of lads in the room. It's pretty cool, and I'm sure you know. Did, did he uh, do, did he do a live commentary then? Oh yeah, and he does a live commentary. He'll probably do a live commentary on Saturday night as well. So we're gonna do that as well. Um, he's qu- he's quite funny, him, isn't he? I actually enjoy it. I you know I do watch from time to time. Um, <laughs> he's not afraid to drop a few f bombs as well. Well, similar to us. Fuck me, yeah, I'm man. Sure I'm sure he was he was gutted when Connor got taken down and, and and beat up so easily. Do you know what though? Um, as 
it doesn't get more diehard than your your eye and and watching watching that sort of fight and watching watching a fighter that you don't particularly like go about his business in such a in the fight in such a professional way mm. um in his discipline you have to respect that and um yeah, you know although you mightn't like a certain fighter if their style of fighting is successful and and they're able to do that yeah, hats off to them and absolutely um, yeah absolutely um so we have uh Four days until uh, fight night. And yeah. Yeah, so maybe the prediction will change. Maybe, look out for that, maybe my prediction will change. You know, I, I think Steve is, I think Steve is going to get it done. But, you know, on. it could change maybe from the first round to maybe, uh, I don't know, unanimous decision. We'll see. But right now I'm going for that first round. I'm going for that first round. TKO. I think the referee steps in and saves DC. Yeah, and, and do you know what's interesting about that prediction is that you know nobody really finishes DC, so that's that's a pretty bold, pretty bold call. But I but I respect it. So yeah, yeah. all right. So um, we'll we'll wrap it up now, and then look out for our next podcast where we will where we'll be discussing the rest of the fights uh, on the card. We, 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 yeah, go on. sorry. In particular, um, the next podcast could be coming um, either. Wednesday or Thursday, possibly Wednesday, where we'll discuss in in in, in depth, um, not as much as DC and Music, because we've, we've spent we've spent a good fifteen minutes on that. But um, yeah, uh, we are going we are going to um, we are going to break down Nate Diaz versus Anthony Pettis, um, and and potential ways in which um these fighters can nullify each other and and really um. Get a significant win in the world of the division. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so, um, shall we wrap it up? Yeah. All right, guys. So this is Chris, and this is Michael signing out.